Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fire From the short tracks to the super speedways, from two wheels to four wheels, it's Revved Up ATX on the Horn with Bobby Chaffee and Rodney Rodriguez. This is where Austin talks racing. Austin talking racing, it is Revved Up ATX on the Horn. Good morning, everybody. We welcome you in as we embark on another weekend of exciting racing action. Showtime Bobby Chaffee across the way. Behind the glass this morning, it is my man Cole Dixon as he is back there twisting and tweaking the dials, as Rod says. Coming up a little bit later on, we will get a little Ty Henderson flair. He's checking in at 11.15. Man is on a roll right there uh, with his uh, current wagering. And then uh, bottom of the hour, we talk Supercross. Got to get you uh, past the middle of the season Supercross update. We'll talk to Mitch Kinder for uh, RacerX Online. So good stuff coming up as we dive into, uh, as I said, a busy race weekend on a chilly Saturday morning. Man, it feels like February outside after the hell did you get did you get stuff beat up yesterday no not really uh, okay, it wasn't good. worth the hype down south uh didn't Man, really get up here i didn't get a lot of didn't get a lot of wind damage uh maybe lost one or two shingles uh oh, wow. you know with a little bit of the extra gust but other than that nothing really spectacular to write home about well we had some good stuff uh up north there, there was all kinds of stuff happening there but so hopefully everybody good i know the roofers and the insurance companies awful busy in the uh, north sectors uh this morning your thoughts on the show, we'd love to hear from you on the Specs text line, 337-3776, as we talk. Got to talk NASCAR, obviously, and then some of the off-the-track stuff. That, that's going to come up. Uh, Formula One is going to come up uh, sooner than later. Of course, places for races, pit stop news and notes, all that on the show as well. And then the Supercross talk uh, right in the middle of the program. Hitting the whole shot, getting us going here because we've got an hour, and it's going to be the fastest hour on Austin, Texas radio because there's a lot to talk about. Whole shot. Here they are, Bobby, there at our favorite place there at Azerbaijan. Figured out how to say it. Azerbaijan, that's right. Azerbaijan is where they are. You had the sprint race this morning. I love the sprint races because it was 17 laps this morning, a little bit of a heat race, a little bit of a prelude. It is is, uh, Perez, the winner of this thing. But did you say, I mean, you had Verstappen. Verstappen, a little little contact right there. Uh, they're, They're trying to poke the bear a little bit as he has some contact with George Russell. On lap one. Very interesting race. Uh, the sprint races always have a unique characteristic about themselves. They're so they're so fun. Yep. As we said, we're so used to heat racing on a Saturday night where you line them up. That's what makes the all-star race so good. And the, the old all-star format, we had a couple of heat races there. Uh, there on the inside and outside lane, so it became it. It was a unique deal. I love this circuit over in Baku just because of the fact you get to you get a little bit of the racing surface. It's so tight. You're racing in between some kind of old looking buildings, yeah. kind of castle looking buildings, and so the, you know, there's sections of the course that's really fast. Sections of the course that's really slow and technical with tight corners. So it's it's almost the I want to say the perfect Formula One racetrack for like a a street circuit, if you will. But I mean for something that's a non purpose built facility. 
facility. It's a fun race to watch. It's just on way too early. Yeah, and we were just talking about that on the tailgate there with uh, with Johnny and, and with Jamie. I think that that really is the cool thing when when you do have the courses like that. Yes, Coda the 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 purpose built are great, but when you do get in the environment like that, I, I mean, to, to me that's Formula One. I was just telling them about the difference with the Formula One fans. Is you know, Formula One fans they're new. They don't know that stuff. They're learning it after. They're learning it retro. But when you go to these spots and, and Monaco and all of these, that's that's Formula One racing. When you, when you really channel the history of it and you get and you race in these in these areas like that, that that's that that really signifies to me the world presence of Formula One, because there are so many like that, like that course. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that some of the Formula One fans have to go back and retro learn it. If you really watch Drive to Survive, it doesn't get into the technical no. stuff about Formula One. Nope. Uh, loose or tight or oversteer, understeer, whatever they want to call it over there across the pond. They end up having such a unique relationship that it's all about the drama of Formula One, nothing about the technical stuff. Sure, every once in a while you get a, you get a little bit of the uh, the Red Bull guys talking about needing a little bit more speed, or Mercedes talking about they need a little bit more speed, but you don't see how they get it. I mean, they are going to show you how they do it in their competition sure, meetings, sure. but they don't even go into any in depth trying to explain how some of that stuff works. And it's like, it's like that's what's so unique about you talk to somebody that watches Drive to Survive, and you'll say, "Oh, I, I love I love Formula One. I watch Drive to Survive." Vibe. I like the race. It's like, so what do you think about this and that? Oh, I have, I don't even yeah. know what that means. Yeah, I, I was listening. I was listening to the NASCAR channel this week, and it was one of the analysts was on, uh, and and does a great job. I mean, does a really good job. But but he went on and he was talking about uh, just he was talking about the car being tight, the car being loose, uh, needing to do all, all these different things. It, wedge came up. I mean, there were all these things that came up, and and uh, I know what that means. I mean, I know what that means. But to a casual person, they have no idea what that is, and and that's that that really is what for me. We were just talking about that's the personality. You, you know, they they were asking about the Vegas race, and and these guys are rolling in here like Hollywood stars. I mean, this is you know Brad Pitt, this is Matthew McConaughey, this is all of these folks that are rolling. They're in Miami next week. We're about to see, or the the fifth, the fifth of May, the fifth, yeah. So we're about to see this surge. We're about to see this United States North American surge, and it all starts with that race. So imagine what happens here if we continue with. I mean, let's say Verstappen gets a little roughed up tomorrow in that race, maybe again. He still finished third on the podium today. That's eight more points for Checo. Maybe this thing's going to start to materialize and, and build itself up as they head to, to the U.S. Well, it would be the first time the Red Bulls have gotten together, like of any incarnation with the drivers. Um, it's not as bad as some teams, but, I mean, tell you, if, if Red Bull get as fast as they are, if they start getting into it with each other, that's okay. That adds Absolutely. a little bit of drama to the series. And right now, despite the which is so crazy to me, the lack of competition in Formula One with the Red Bull domination, yet it's still so damn popular. It just blows it's, my mind. It's and and it's and it's a very different fan base because you it is very much in the minority where you see people complaining about the on track product to where you go to our you know mode of racing and it's like Look at the stands. the The car is horrible. You know, you know, the car is dangerous. I mean, you have all of this, and it uh, it's a very different fan base. And and it, uh, I don't know that that's why when we talk to to Mitch here again, he's our Supercross guy. It, motocross really is the one where it's like they're continually happy. It seems like, and I think that that's great with the product that they present. Well, especially with the demographics they have over no there, doubt, in Supercross. Man. I mean, no it's doubt. like it's like you know when when you get mom to come to the races, and we'll talk to Mitch about it. 
it seems like everybody's happy. Well, what's the old saying? If you can get Mama to the racetrack, then that's when the whole family's going to come. And that's it, what that's what Formula One did. Yeah, I mean, you get Mama, you get the wife and or girlfriend, you get them involved, and it's like great. You know, my, my wife was going to a hair appointment this morning. Her best friend was going. I have no doubt her best friend was watching the sprint race because they are Formula One fans. They're fired up and ready to go for Coda. How do you like that concert lineup? Uh, it's going to be interesting. I haven't seen Queen with Adam Lambert, but, I mean, when he did the celebration last year for the Queen's Jubilee over there, he sounded mm-hmm. – I mean, mm-hmm. you know, nobody's going to replace Freddie Mercury by nope. no means, but he's not bad, Not a bad fill-in right there, yeah. though. Yeah, and the Killers. I mean, can't go wrong with the Killers. I mean, I, I like that. Uh, at thecircuit.com, you can get all of your uh, information right there. I had a lot of folks hit me up. Hey, man, can you give me the hookup with Queen? I'm like, uh, no, I can't. Yeah. Uh, thecircuit.com. That's the hookup I'm going to give you. Yeah, that's right. That's and, the best direction we got. And you will pay because I'm going to pay if I'm going to go to that. That's our, that's my anniversary uh, on the on the night of Queen. So my wife said it'll be great. You can go t- do things you enjoy all day. Then we can go do things I enjoy at night, and boom, there you go. Hmm. When's that Guns N' Roses concert? September? Uh, yes. Completely away uh, from racing. Uh, but That's NASCAR. NASCAR is, uh, yeah, because they sponsored the Jones car. That's right. No, that's more NASCAR. Uh, speaking of NASCAR, before we talk to Ty... Um, I want to talk about these side hustles. Here we go again where you've got Alex Bowman, and this is vertebrae. Uh, I mean, not not to discount the leg or anything with Chase Elliott, but what what is your thought? What is the pulse right now with these guys? Get a, we've watched it forever, and, and folks are acting like this is something new. Here's the difference from when the guys, when Waltrip and Foyt and Pearson and the Allisons, when they would go race short track or dirt or whatever, they probably got dinged up, but you know what? They raced anyway. You can't do that anymore. And and that's where here's Alex Bowman has gotten himself in. And I think the Bowman argument is a little ironic because he had a lot of folks concerned about Alex Bowman's health last year when he got hurt in the when he got his bell rung in the in the next gen car. But now he's like gets hurt in another variety of race car, and it's like uh, oh well, that's okay. I think what really makes it unique is the side hustle. It didn't matter until these guys started getting hurt. And then you consider Chase Elliott got hurt on a snowboard just out having a really good time. Yeah. You know, you see Kyle Larson racing these cars all the time. He's taken some massive shots over the course of the last couple of years. But I, th- I just think it's a it wouldn't be as big of a story if Hendrick wouldn't have lost Chase Elliott for six weeks. Mm-hmm. That's what I think makes it a, a lot of deal. And like you said, it's not socially acceptable to race hurt now. I mean, Ricky Rudd ran a race at Rockingham with his eyes taped open after flipping at Daytona, right? You'd never see that in modern-day racing, which I guess is a good thing. Sure. And I guess it's yeah. somewhat of a your your old old school fan. Well, they used to race with their eyes taped open. These guys sit there and have a little bang-up in a sprint car. They can't race again. It's not quite that simple no. anymore. There's multi-million no. dollar contracts at stake now. It's, it's a different world. It's like nowadays when you go to work and if you hurt yourself in a job-related accident, they're going to make you stay home for a week or they're going to make you stay home for two weeks. I don't see people complaining about that one. Yeah. They're like, you're off two weeks with pay. Okay. Oh, darn. Wait, wait with <laughs> pay? Oh, golly, gee. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it, it's, a, it's, it's a double-sided argument right there where, where you have that. And, and, yes, the guys should be allowed. I, I'm so over the living in a bubble thing. We can't, we can't let them live in a bubble. I'm not saying live in a bubble. I'm saying don't snow ski, don't sky jump, 
Don't um, I don't know whatever else. Don't uh, base jump. Right. I mean, don't, yeah. don't don't do any of that. Um, go play golf. I mean, um, I don't know. Was it Jimmy it, Johnson that got that got fell drunk and fell cart. off the golf cart roof when they were messing around at Doug right. Junior's house one night? Yeah. So I mean, you have there's other ways to do it. They're not being asked to live in a bubble. But but here's the thing about it. And again, where it's so different now is, I mean, look, who's suffering the most out of this situation? The the 48 team. Um, our man Blake Harris, another uh, another driver in there. Yeah, yeah, you know, and uh, but I, I guarantee you what it's uh, situations like this where you have Josh Berry sitting there saying, "Okay, I'll do it again. I'll do it again." And he's gonna. Did you hear? He, he supposedly going to Cup. Supposedly going. I wonder to cup. where. I don't know. That, that's a great question. Reddit, I, Reddit said it the other day. The NASCAR Reddit was talking about Barry's got a ride for 2024, but I just wonder with who. I've seen possibly Stuart Haas. I don't know how that would happen. Uh, I've seen possibly another car at Childress. Uh, may, maybe that would happen. Um, and I've seen maybe he is the one, which this would follow suit if it actually happened, that he would be the one to take JR Junior Motorsports into Cup. If they can get a you know, $20 million charter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's our guy. The charter is going to come from the the junior motorsports charter is going to come from JB uh, BJ McLeod. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. You you can see that one just uh, beginning to bubble itself up. That that's exactly what's going to happen. Speaking of twenty million dollars, go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline because this dude is um, he, he is just raking it in right here. He is, of course, uh, you hear him on uh, on Bucky and Aaron all of the time. He is uh, in the mornings. He pr- produces this show. He is here every damn day for crying out loud. And now he's rolling in the funds, and he's on the road, and I don't really know or really probably don't want to know what he's doing. Uh, let, let's, talk to, let's talk to Texas Ty Henderson. Ty, how we doing, brother? Hey, what's up, guys? How y'all doing? Good, man. What, what, what are you up to this morning? Well, I'm, uh, I'm sitting passenger with one of my good buddies. We're, we're heading up to Fort Worth for the, the, the Texas TCU baseball game tonight. You know, I'm real excited. Uh, sad I'm not with y'all there, but... It's a good chance to get out of town, you know. Like you said, I don't, I don't get many days off. That's right. Well, you know, I mean, considering the, the luck that you've had, I mean, missing a weekend with us, I mean, it's probably not such a bad thing. I mean, you still have text oh, messages yeah. and stuff where Rodney can tell you who to pick out of a whim. I'm not telling him anymore. I don't know. I know. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. It, and I'll be honest, when the couple of guys that you got picked to win, you got super lucky, dude. Oh, I know. Especially with Kyle Busch last weekend. But he he wasn't, wasn't leading at all to those, what, last two laps in overtime? Yeah. Yeah. So, so to, how does that work? I mean, because I know, like, you send me over the screenshot of who you're picking. So is it – when you send me over what you won with, with Kyle Busch, it was, was that based on his odds? Or, or I'm assuming that's what it was. Is that how that works with that yeah. stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not I'm, – I'm just sprinkling. I'm not putting too much money on any of these drivers. I've said in the past and told you all, it's, I pick four guys. I put, put an equal amount on each of them. And I usually try to pick one big underdog. Uh, last week it was uh, Ronnie did give me that pick. It was uh, what was his name, Mahoy? Yeah, Corey LaJoy. Yeah, 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 LaJoy. Yeah, so I took him, and then I could, I mean, I kind of I look at the uh, their practice times. I, I mean, as y'all know, I don't. I just started watching NASCAR just last month, a few months ago. So I'm still I'm still learning. It is it was lucky last week. I will say there was nothing much more to it than. <laughs> <laughs> just being pretty lucky, so I was excited. I, I, I watched the entire race. Uh, I watched the the Xfinity race the day before, which 
that's I think that's when you know I'm, I'm getting I'm getting into it. I'm, I'm I'm enjoying what I'm watching. No doubt. Yeah, the Xfinity race was full of carnage, and that's one of those races that if you're if you're, you're your casual fan gets into that one because of the whole carnage and cars flipping six or seven times down the backstretch. You know, that's the video footage that's going to be used. But when you go to pick a guy, your Martinsville win, so to speak, was crazy because Kyle Larson won that race, and he has openly said he hates racing at Martinsville. So I mean, I think that the you know I, I think you got a bigger payday with the with the Larson deal, but still, man, I mean, I'm telling you that uh, that luck you're on. I mean, I, I couldn't even pay for that kind of luck in Vegas when I tried. <laughs> well, I, I got a cre- I got to credit Rodney for for giving me the Larson thing on that one. So uh-huh. I I did take him, but I. I had no idea about all that stuff before the race. I obviously heard about it during the broadcast, um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Once again, lucky. But I'm it's all, this luck is getting me more into it, so I'm doing more research. And and isn't that really the thing, Ty? It's like you have to find. We, we were talking about uh, earlier before you came on, and you've heard us going on about you know the the the, the female involvement in Formula One. To, to they tie into something, and it's something that that they like, so that keeps them involved. That that's really what it is. I mean, whether it's racing or, or soccer or whatever, you have to find something that interests you, and you'll keep coming back for more. Oh, definitely. I mean, I've I, I lost all my previous bets uh, before two weeks ago, and I it, I still was coming back just because the excitement at the end of the race, uh, those last thirty laps. If you have now that I know, if you have someone in the top fifteen, even top twenty, that they're it's plausible that they can still finish first. So mm-hmm. it's it's been exciting. I've learned a lot, and I appreciate y'all for for getting me into it initially. So, Ty, in the way that NASCAR works, though, as a whole, when you think about it, just the way the betting works, the same way kind of with the playoffs, is that there's so much you can bet on, you know, top fives, top tens, you know, if you get the top three right or whatever the case may be. But isn't it crazy how you have so many variables where you got to pick one guy out of 43? It's not like picking one team out of a two-team matchup to win. It's, it takes a lot of research and, and just a, a lot of uh, fortitude to put your money down on something that has so many variables to it, doesn't it? Not to, yeah, not that, Bobby, and not to mention a lot of luck, too, like <laughs> yeah. I've been saying. Um, I mean, I, it's kind of like picking a winner in golf, you know, but I like it because it all happens in one day. You can sit down in two and a half, three hours, and you're going to figure out a winner. Um, it's not over the weekend, um, but the odds look the same. I mean, pretty much everyone's plus a 1,000 at least to win, unless there's, I mean, all, I think in the Xfinity race, there was, the leader was like plus 350. I ended up taking and he didn't even finish in the top ten. Yeah. So uh, it's a crapshoot, and uh, but I like it. It's 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 definitely it's, it's exciting. Yeah. That that's when I knew business was picking up. When you texted me Saturday and you were like, "Okay, what about the Xfinity race?" That's what I said. Uh oh. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. It's getting real. So so talk about the day, dude. Uh, you you guys heading heading uh, over to the game. Have you maybe had a cold beverage or two? Uh, of course, not while you're driving. No, not while you're driving, no. or not while you're no, passengering. But uh, uh, it, no, it, we did make a pit stop at Bucky's. I will say that. <laughs> Um, and uh, we're headed to a crawfish boil before the game. So I will, I'm looking at, I'll have a great day. Uh, let's just say that. It's, it, it's, looking, like, it's, it's looking good. It's going to be good. So, so lastly, man, uh, your, your thoughts on the Cowboys. We, we got a horn. We got a horn last night. Uh, I, I guess I like the first round pick. I mean, trying to feel the need right there. Uh, your thoughts so far from Jerry Steven and the gang over at, uh, over at the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mozzie Smith, first-round pick, deep in stack a lot of Michigan. I, I, it was a little bit of a surprise towards me, but that was my biggest position to need going into the offseason. Uh, they re-signed Jonathan Hankins, brought him back. But having a 
super athletic guy in the interior of that defense that's going to really solidify the run run defense, I think is huge. Um, I, so I like what they did in the first round and the second round, you know, getting a tight end uh, with some upside that actually mm-hmm. has his comp is Dalton Schultz. So replace, replacing Dalton Schultz with a rookie, cheap. You got, you got Jake Ferguson there, so I like that pick. And then, of course, Demo yesterday. Uh, always like having a, a text blown one of the Cowboys, which, I mean, in my entire life, I can't – there's I probably – one hand name the Cowboys or Tex Longhorn to the play for the Cowboys. So yeah. I'm excited to see what he can do for them. No doubt. No doubt about it. All right, man. You guys be well. Uh, have a good time and uh, enjoy enjoy the day. And uh, we'll, we'll get you back here soon. And uh, Dover tomorrow, dude. Um, you might not want to watch that one. That, that one's going to get a little mundane. <laughs> I promise you. Yeah, okay. that one's going to be well, a little rough. Still be expecting a text from me. And I'd love to get a group chat with you too, Bobby, so I can get your insights as well. Oh, nice. We'll get it set up for you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. All right. I appreciate it, guys. You have a good time. We'll talk soon, man. All right. See you. you bet. There he goes, Ty Henderson. Of course, you hear him uh, on B&E. You hear him on, on this program uh, quite often. Cole Dixon taking care of it uh, here today as he's talking right there. The dynamics. That's how you get rid. That, that's how you make a race fan right there. Well, I don't. I don't know if he's a race fan, but but that's how you get people watching it. It's how you get people involved. Involved. Involved is the right word there. Whether they're casually, whether they're they're you know because the, the but the problem is is having Dover after Talladega. Is it sucks because Dover, we both admit and we'll admit to the listeners, Dover's not the most exciting race. Nope. It's going to get kind of boring because even we try to plan different things to do on a Dover race weekend because of the fact that it's not as energetic as, say, even a race at Talladega. So it's, uh, I think the schedule, I would have rather seen like um, a Martinsville after, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like reverse it the other way, go Dover, Talladega, then Martinsville. Maybe just to change it up a little bit, but yeah, it's it's going to get boring. But um, you know, coming off a really good weekend at Talladega, I mean, you know, Ty Ty got lucky. He's you know he's used to losing a little bit of money, but he's made some money the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah, doing really well, doing really well. And of course, if Na- if the NASCAR race kind of expect a rain delay, I mean, this one gets delayed uh, every now and then. We're already you, washed out qualifying. Yeah, washed out. You got the Grand Prix of Alabama, so you'll have IndyCar racing uh, as well. Coming up, it is Supercross. They are heading to Nashville. I think that's a big event. I really think that that's uh, getting into the heart of NASCAR country right there. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. We'll preview that and kind of get a get a breakdown of where we are at this point uh, with Supercross, Monster Energy Supercross. At this point of the year, we will talk to our man, Mitch Kendra. This is Revved Up ATX on the Horn. We're live, local, digital, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. The Texas Wine of the Week. up ATX on the horn. Happy Saturday morning. Great conversation right there as we talk Formula One. They are getting set to go. You've got uh, Grand Prix uh, happening tomorrow at our favorite spot, Azerbaijan, as they will uh, get after it You there. have to hear them say it a few times before we get it right. I know. I had to write it, uh, sound it out. And, oh, and phonetically? It. Yeah. I had to do it the right way. I was talking to a Formula One guy the other day, and he just kept saying it. And I'm like, dude, can you just hold on. Say it real slow. Say it real slow and let me sound this thing mm-hmm. out. But uh, <laughs> sprint race this morning, it is Checo Perez, the winner right there. Still in the program, 
want to touch on IndyCar heading to the Grand Prix of Alabama. That still, to me, just is weird. The Grand Prix of Alabama. We'll talk about that. Play more on the program. But now we're going back to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Supercross season continuing to roll on. It is the original. Um, it is the original, I, I tell you, high-energy sport. Uh, and it is our our expert when it comes to Monster Energy Supercross here on Revved Up ATX. It is our man, Mitch Kendra. Mitch, how are we doing, sir? I'm good, guys. Thanks again for having me on. Absolutely, man. Thank you uh, for taking the time on a busy Saturday. Before we dive in and, and start talking about uh, Nashville, uh, walk us through. I tell you what a what a. We had some storms here yesterday, but not quite what I saw in, in East Rutherford last week. That that went from uh, that went from dry slick to a mutter really quick. Yeah, so that was kind of a crazy situation there. You know, there's been people that have been in this sport longer than I've been alive, you know, people that have been there for decades, and there's really not, you know, it's tough to keep using the word unprecedented. It sounds, you know, really cliche, but that's one of those situations where they don't usually split up a night show like that. You know, they had thunderstorms expected, and a lot of people are saying, why was there a weather delay, a rain delay? It wasn't raining when the delay happened, but it's because it was expected lightning. And like you mentioned, there was... Rain ended up falling, you know, between the start of the night show and then the main events, the points-paying main events. It was a completely different racetrack, which, mm. you know, kept the, the fans on their uh, edge of their seats all night long. Awesome. So, Mitch, every time we bring you on at the beginning of the season, we talk about what's going to be potentially the biggest story of the year. So now that we're 15 or so races in, in your mind, uh, and you don't have to pick just one because there's probably more than one, what have been the biggest stories for you uh, over there at Racer X so far this year? Well, I'd say one of them's got to be the Lawrence brothers for sure. You know, they've taken all but three of the 250 class wins so far. They've been dominating uh, each of their respective regions, you know, Jet on the West Coast yeah. and Hunter on the East Coast. And, you know, on that topic today, if Jet, fin- or sorry, if Hunter finishes, I think, 20th place or better in today's race, he can clinch the title one round early. Wow. So, you know, that'll be his first professional uh, championship here in the States for the Australian natives, so that'll be a big deal for them. But, you know, between those guys in the 250 class, there's a lot of young guys in the 250 class coming in. You know, Hayden Deegan's had a really good season so far, got some podiums. His dad raced years ago, so he's kind of following in his footsteps. Some of these new guys, Talon Hawkins, Colin Parks, and these guys, again, rookies, second, third-year guys. Levi Kitchens had a really good season so far. And then those guys like Arthur Hampshire, some of the more veteran guys in the 250 class, you know, he's been the podium threat each weekend. Cameron McAdoo, he was a podium threat until he got hurt. So there's just been, you know, it's been old versus young in the 250 class, and then kind of the same situation, the 450 class. Eli Tomac's been, you know, he had the best start of his 450 career so far, and then he kind of fizzled out a little bit in the middle there. And then Cooper Webb kind of picked it up. Everybody started picking it up. Justin Barsha picked it up. Ken Rockson got a win in there. Mm -hmm. It's been a really exciting time in, like I said, both classes, uh, 250 and 450. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned Deegan because I did want to ask you about him. So, so obviously they're they're the last name. I mean, you mentioned his dad, obviously uh, with Haley and, and everything right there. It just seems like there's a lot of energy around that that youngster and, and that possibly becoming one of one of the polarizing figures that that we talk about that that kind of takes a series or or, or you know takes it to a different stratosphere. Sometimes uh, a name like that. What is kind of the the thought with him? I mean, I know he's had he's had some some incidents there with some some run ins. And so forth, but it really seems like uh, the sky's the limit there for that youngster. 
you know, he mentioned the sky's the limit. He's only 17 at this point, and mm-hmm. it's crazy to think about. You know, a year and a half ago, he was on a super mini, you know, a 85 to 115 cc bike, <laughs> and then he jumped on the 250. Fairly new last year, won a title. Loretta's had again just some issues growing into the big bike and stuff. And then, yeah, to come in, you know, he got, I think he got fourth or fifth in the first futures race this year, which everybody thought he was going to come out and dominate. But that's a really stacked class as well. And then, you know, he's coming in here in the pro ranks, and now he's third in the championship, or sorry, second in the championship. He's got some podiums. And like you mentioned the name, you mm-hmm. know, he has his vlog that his family does. They're bringing a lot of new people to the sport, people that didn't either follow Supercross or didn't know a lot about Supercross, but they knew about the Deacon family from. That's right. You know, Caden doing a backflip at 10 years old and his sister racing and the dad racing, just everything. So to see them bring in new fans of the sport, you know, that's everybody always says they want to do that. Everybody says they're going to bring in new ways to do that. But the Deegans have really delivered. You know, there's a lot of people that say, oh, I tune in to watch the Deegans. Or, that's it. You know, I started falling Supercross because of Deegans. So that's, you know, on the track, he's a great racer. He's still young. He's learning. He's been a really pretty good guy to talk to in terms of with the media. Again, still learning some of the you know, process and going through everything like that. But it's been really exciting just between, like I said, off the track, just riding on the track, just interacting with him here and there and stuff. Is, like you said, the ceilings, you know, the sky's the limit. He's really impressive so far. I don't think anybody – we knew he was going to be good, but, again, right, you know, right. two years ago being on a mini bike, the turnaround from him has been incredible so far. Mm-hmm. So, you mentioned Ken Roxon picking up a win. How special was that and how important was that for Ken Roxon? But yeah, so in terms of Ken's career, you know, it was a huge win for him. He's obviously been a race winner throughout his career, but then he had his arm injuries, and I think that's what we kind of talked about in the past. Uh, he wasn't quite, I don't want to say he wasn't as good prior to the arm injuries, but that took a lot, you know, it was a, a long recovery process. Sure. I think he's had, a, you know, a future, I think he's a future Hall of Famer. He had a Hall of Fame career before his injury, and then for him to be able to come back or everything, go through everything that he has i think he's almost building a second career you know so for him to get that win was huge and personally for him to get the win for the first you know first win for the atp motorsports team dustin pipes and larry brooks those guys uh pipes started that team a couple years ago it was really a privateer team so for Roxon to get their first 450 podium was huge he gets them their first win you know something like that a team to get a high caliber guy like ken Roxon is a huge deal for them and then for him to deliver podiums and race wins, it was just really, you know, it's one of those feel-good stories. Everybody was congratulating him after the race, you know, his competitors, the guys he's racing for in the championship, guys he's raced for years, guys he's fairly new to racing to. Everybody was just excited for him. You know, he's one of those, I don't want to say feel-good stories because he's a cha- he's a former champion and stuff, but for everything that he's gone through lately, you know, he has his family now with him. It's just, it was just one of those wins that we know he could get a win at any minute. But some of these guys getting older in their careers, their their wins aren't promised. So for him to get a win, it was just like, wow, this is just an awesome experience. Yeah, it's it's really cool. To, I love the bounce back with him. I mean, we've watched him dominate, uh, you know, at, at different points. But uh, the consistency and everything that he's doing right now, I, I love that. Uh, what you coined right there, it's like it's like a new career for him. Mitch Kendra with us on the uh, Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, talking Supercross. Give him a follow on Twitter at Mitch underscore Kendra. Uh, Mitch, I saw you you posted uh, about an hour ago, so it looks like Aaron Plessinger out uh, for Nashville, and I saw some stuff uh, during the week as well. Aaron Plessinger, an interesting figure. 
here. I've, I've met him uh, at a media day in the past, and, and another one, j- just a good dude. I mean, a fun a fun individual to talk to, but uh, it, uh, it, it's been tough for him, hasn't it? Uh, I just would love to see him pick up a win. Yeah, for sure. He's another one of those guys, you know, all these guys are great personalities, great individuals to talk to, you know, off the record, on the record, whatever. Uh, two weeks ago in Atlanta, we were at the Motor Speedway, Atlanta Motor Speedway there for the Atlanta race. You know, we caught up with Barsha and Plessinger. They were just kind of walking around the track. It had rained. The track was going to be muddy. And this was on Friday. And I was like, hey, you guys just want to get on the mic and talk with us about what you're looking for here. You know, those guys, can they love to ride in the bun stuff. And they just gave us this great five minutes of just going back and forth, talking about everything and the season and riding in the mud. And, yeah, like you mentioned, he's a great personality. It would have been great to see him last week because of the situation that ended up happening with the rain and everything. He, again, taller guy. He's a really good mud rider. He would have probably been salivating seeing his. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yep. And then, yeah, with his personality coming into this weekend, Nashville, it's, you know, Cowboys. Everybody's got their big Texas hats on, their cowboy boots and stuff. He would have fit perfectly in that vibe. And, yeah, it's unfortunately he's out just a little bit banged up still from that crash. I mean, he came up short on a triple and the bike kind of catapulted him into the next jump. I mean, he probably flew almost 10 feet and then slammed down right on his back. Everything checked out, no x-rays, you know, or x-ray show. There was no broken bones or anything. Everything was all good, but he's just really feeling banged up and bruised up from that. So hopefully we'll see him again here a little bit uh, Mm -hmm. to finish off the Cooper, the Supercross season, because, you know, he was one of those guys, again, that surprise almost race winner a couple weeks ago in Detroit, and it just slipped out of his hands there late in the race. So, you know, if he's one of those guys where if he gets out onto the track, you know, he could be a race winner and uh, add another uh, component into this already exciting championship. Mm-hmm. So, Mitch, we, we may have hit this a little too early, but a lot of the races have been on Peacock. We talked about your your hardcore fans and your big fans are going to follow it wherever it goes, right? Where the, when all the races were on Peacock. Now we got a race coming up on regular network NBC this afternoon for Supercross at what looks like to be a really good stadium setup and a really cool looking track. How much is that going to help Supercross bring back in the casual fans to get them to turn back into Peacock? Yeah, I think it's, like you mentioned, with it being a little bit of an earlier schedule as well, sometimes the fans are like, ah, oh, you know, it doesn't create the same vibe. Everybody always says it's, you know, the lasers and the fireworks and everything going off. It's, mm-hmm. it's not quite the same environment when the race is about to start during the day versus the night. But really, if we can get the, the broadcast on NBC on live TV and the people in Nashville maybe stop in, you know, I've never seen Supercrosses go check it out, and then they still have their night afterwards. I think it's a really good exper- great experience for, like you mentioned, the people that are hardcore fans, and even the casual fans are just cruising, you know, cruising down either Nashville or just cruising through their TV guide. And oh, I'll, I'll check this out. I'm watching, you know, I've seen this before. I've never watched it before. Let's give it a watch. And again, just helping get more eyes on it. You know, it's another opportunity that may help grow the sport. So I think it's a great, a great opportunity. Yeah, and, and I really like, I think, uh, the timing of all of this in Nashville. I mean, the Nashville market. I mean, it's it's high energy. A lot of folks compare that uh, here to Austin. But uh, I think you've got a pretty solid stock car base down there of fans and, and the tie-in. Uh, I, I love this location, and I love the timing of this weekend, especially on what we consider with Dover maybe a little more of a off, not the excitement NASCAR weekend. But I think this is great being in Nashville. Yeah, and it's the first time that they've raced in Nashville since 2019. I think this was one of the stadiums that kind of go back and forth. You know, usually we go between Foxborough and East Rutherford to kind of bounce back and forth every other year. 
And I think this one was going to be back on the schedule in either 2021-ish, but then obviously COVID-19 kind of sure. pushed up the situations. They had to do the, you know, three races in the city and then go to the next city and stuff like that. But for them to be back in Nashville, like you said, it's a great environment. You know, there's, again, it's more of the, the country music folk, the kind of people that maybe either don't know about Supercross, but they might see the people that, oh, these guys have cowboy hats. They look interesting. The personalities mm-hmm. are fun. Yeah. And like you mentioned, the, the stadium, I've never been to the stadium, but open air stadium, it seems like a really good environment. The track looks like it's going to be a lot of fun here soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be another great day of racing. All right, Mitch, so uh, we have basically three races left if you count the race today. What do we have to look forward to in these next three races to tie us all the way into the end of the 2023 season? Okay, yeah, so I mentioned uh, Hunter Lawrence earlier. Like I said, he can clinch his first professional title here in the U.S. Look for him to do that, to, to do that today, just the circumstances with his points gap over Hayden Deegan. Hayden's still mathematically alive, but he's got a, Hunter has a 49-point advantage, and if he leaves with a 52-point advantage today, the title is going to be his. So look for him to hoist uh, number one East Region plate today, and then obviously switching back to the West Region next week in Denver. Uh, Jet is in kind of a similar situation where he can wrap up his second title in Supercross next weekend, and then we'll have a showdown finale with all the 250 guys again uh, at the Salt Lake City finale in May. And then as we talked about a little bit, Tomac with the 450 mm-hmm. championship, he has a 11-point gap over Cooper Webb here. And uh, Chase Sexton's kind of still in the fight. He's, yeah. he's like 20 points out. He's still right there, but he just had a couple of his issues. He had a seven-point penalty in Detroit. You know, he again, he's capable of winning every any night. So, really, it's going to be a shootout between those three guys to see, you know, if Tomac, even if he doesn't ride great, if he just kind of holds on, you know, he's a champion, a former champion in Supercross, two-time champion, former motocross champion. He knows how to close things out, so it's going to be interesting. And Cooper Webb also, he's, you know, he has that dog in him. He's always looking to fight to the end, so it's not going to be easy for any of these guys, but if you're looking title-wise, you know, Tomac with an 11-point gap with, again, races he's he's won at here in 2019. He's won at um, Denver. That's kind of his home race for Colorado. And, again, that doesn't guarantee success, but if he's won there in the past, it kind of bodes well going into the last couple of races. So, yeah. Like I said, it should be exciting. We'll, even with these championship, even if Hunter wins today, you know he wants or he wins the title today. He said he wants to go out, win that race, and really put a stamp on his title. And then again, exciting races all around between Hayden Deegan, these new guys. You know Hayden could get his first win tonight. Max Ancy is coming off of a race, his first career win last weekend. There's just like a lot of excitement between the guys that have won and the guys that could win. So there's just a lot of storylines to follow. It's been a really fun, exciting season for us as media. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Mitch, great stuff as always, man. Looking forward uh, to the conclusion uh, of the season. We'll have to do this again and wrap it all up uh, once it's all done. Hey, I, I do have to ask you, uh, uh, how, how about Steelers? Joey Porter Jr., I like that. That's pretty cool. I'm going to be honest with you, I was a little bit shocked when they first, <laughs> first as an offensive lineman, but yeah. I can't complain too much if we're trying to get a, a couple of guys up there to protect our franchise quarterback in Kenny Pickett. So, That's right. Yeah, and I was I was kind of like, come on, we got to get Porter. You know, his dad played for the Steelers. His dad was drafted by the Steelers. Yeah. Won the Super Bowl with the Steelers. So it's like, it's just, again, one of those feel-good stories. I don't know where he was at last night, but I'm pretty sure he was in Pittsburgh in a press conference yeah. in Pittsburgh gear when – within like an hour of being drafted or half an hour being drafted or something ridiculous, which 
I don't know how that ended up working out, but unless they give him a heads up advance call, whatever. But <laughs> yeah. Again, one of those awesome situations. So, look, hopefully they finish out the draft really uh, some strong picks. But we're excited about it so far. No doubt, no doubt. Good stuff, Mitch. As always, thanks, man. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, enjoy, enjoy the action in Nashville this afternoon, dude. It's going to be a good one. All right, thank you guys again for having me. I really appreciate it. You bet, man. Take care. There he goes, Mitch Kendra. At Mitch underscore Kendra, uh, a little bit of breaking news right there as we were talking. Yeah, that's uh, right. As we were talking right there uh, with Mitch and great stuff right there. Give him a follow as uh, he will have Nashville covered wall to wall. Cowboy fans, if you wanted Roshan Johnson, you waited just a little bit too long. We are in round four, and Roshan is now or going to be a Chicago Bear. There you go. Almost Cowboys picks coming up. But I know. Just miss, missed him just that little bit. There you go. Good good landing spot right there. Uh, Going to be a good running back right there. Just a good team leader, good character guy right there. Uh, great discussion with Mitch. Coming up, we'll have pit stop news and notes, places for races as we set you a sale for your race weekend. It's revved up ATX on the horn. Tank tops, cutoffs, tank top cutoffs. That's what he says, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Smith. something like that, yeah. It is. It the is vid- the vi- music video is great. It's really good. Yeah. Really good stuff. Cole Dixon behind the glass. Showtime Bobby Chaffee, Rodney Rodriguez. It's revved up ATX on the horn, taking you up to the top of the hour. Of course, you will have Tyler Campbell, TC Speaks, coming up as he will take you through that noon hour with a great message. I tell you, it's uh, it, when, when you're ever not feeling at your full potential, you need to listen to Tyler. He will get you going the right way. There's times where I, I'm, you know, we leave here and it's like, okay, th- that hour is gone. Now it's back to reality. And it's, I turn Tyler on, it's like, okay, I feel better. I feel better. Yeah, always such a great spirit, too. Yeah, yeah. I love the, what would Tyler Campbell do? I have to, like, say that to myself a lot of times. When I'm put in a situation during the day, I'm like, what would Tyler Campbell do? (laughs) Walk myself uh, back off the ledge. Uh, Pit stop, news and notes. Grand Prix of Alabama coming up. And this is, uh, here's IndyCar again, where beginning the surge, I was talking earlier uh, with, with Jamie and Johnny. So now you've got, on the CW, you've got the countdown, 100 days to Indy. I like that a lot. Um, and, and really starting to get in that mode, racing at Barber. This is this is going to be pretty good stuff, I think. Uh, Joseph Newgarden, um, obviously somebody to keep an eye uh, on in this one. But uh, r- really looking forward to IndyCar. Need a good presentation. Push yourself as you start getting into that into that uh, road course or the road course race at Indy, and then the one hundred and seventh five hundred. Big big time right here for IndyCar. Yeah, it's definitely a time to showcase. They've got a lot of races close together, uh, meaning that they'll get a chance to carry momentum that they don't normally get with their schedule. Uh, so you've got this one, then you say you've got the Grand Prix uh, there of Indianapolis on the road course at Indy, and then of course you roll into the 500. So uh, a good a good timing schedule wise. A lot of a lot of good races can fit in between now and then. So as long as they have some good races, I think it's going to be good to build up to the 500. Yeah, love some IndyCar. That, that that'll be a good show. That'll be a good show there in Alabama as as they get set to go. Uh, 
saw some news that uh, you never hate to see when you're going to lose a racetrack. We know that all too well around these parts, but it looks like uh, the home of the Mile High Nationals. It has been for over 40 years. Uh, Bandemir Speedway, it looks like, uh, in July with the uh, with the Mile High Nationals. Uh, that'll be all she wrote for that one, as it will have uh, be repurposed once again, and this one more uh, with the owners. I mean, they've kind of hit their ceiling. They've kind of done their time, and it's like time to move on to something else. But again, you're losing another really good race course. Uh, and a major market at that, too. I, I mean, it's bad enough they lost Houston uh, with Houston Raceway Park going away. Now you're losing Bandemir and Denver. I'd say it was always an interesting race because of the high altitude, but mm-hmm. I'm telling you, that's an untapped market. I, I potentially see NASCAR trying to go there in 2025, 2026. I think they should. I, I really think they should. Since 1958, and, and those those are the ones that really sting. I mean, yeah. you, you never want to lose a track. I, I don't care what, what type of track, but when, when you start going back into the 50s and the 40s and all of that, uh, th- those hurt really bad. Uh, really cool uh, stuff that we saw coming out of NASCAR is uh, ARCA driver Tony Breidinger uh, will be heading over. Uh, she'll make her debut in the uh, in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. Kind of a double thing on the diversity right here. Number one, uh, Victoria's Secret that that the sponsor that will be the sponsor. Very attractive young lady is Tony Breidinger. So so it, it goes in well with with the sponsor presentation with who they have marketing, but. That that's a new kind of sponsor right there. That's and that's the new NASCAR uh, with a sponsor like Victoria's Secret. Not only that, she's also the first Arab American woman to compete um, in, in the uh, upper series right there. So pretty cool stuff happening there for Tony. Yeah, big time opportunity for her, and already getting a lot of publicity there for Victoria's Secrets. We saw all kind of comments, both good and bad. I mean, obviously there has to be some kind of tie-in. If they didn't think that there was enough uh, females watching NASCAR, uh, Victoria's Secret would not be sponsoring that truck that truck so right. obviously we always talk about the demographics in NASCAR that's pretty big to have Victoria's Secrets on the side of that truck I, I saw some folks beating her up with this it was like okay did she get that for all those great ARCA finishes look ARCA is tough this, this this lady can drive. Yeah, this lady can drive. She is. She is really. She's not good. been in the best equipment in Arca, but she's in some pretty high dollar equipment there with Tricon Garage. I, I think she's going to do a really good job. So keep your eye on that. Uh, Tony Breidinger. That that'll be one uh, to to really uh, watch her progression as we roll on uh, with the NASCAR Craftsman Trucks. It is a loaded places for races, dude. We we've got a lot going on. We talked about uh, IndyCar, Formula One, NASCAR. Everybody's going, and it's uh, it's jam packed. It's jam packed today. Uh, weather permitting, you've got the Xfinity race from Dover starts at twelve thirty on FS One. Monster Energy Supercross, we talked to you about with Mitch from Nashville, 2 p.m. today on Network NBC. Tomorrow morning, F1 pre-race for Baku at the Azerbaijan uh, GP, 4.30 a.m. on ESPN, followed by the actual GP itself. Uh, green lights, uh, 5.55 a.m., also on ESPN. NHRA four-wide nationals from ZMAX Dragway in Charlotte qualifying. Uh, TV time, 10 a.m. on FS1, uh, followed by NASCAR race day at 11 a.m. on FS1. Move the Cup Series up because of the weather. So if your guides aren't updated, the uh, race will kick off at noon on FS1. Then you've got the IndyCar pre-race at 2 to 2.30 on Network NBC, locally on 36, followed by the race itself. Uh, the IndyCar Alabama Grand Prix 230 Network NBC, and the uh, TV coverage, NHRA Four Wide Nationals from Charlotte, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. there on FS1. So lots of racing action to be had. Uh, just stick with FS1 and a little bit of Network NBC, and you'll be all right the next couple of yeah, days. Yeah, a c- c- couple of cool uh, things happening here locally. Um, uh, over in Georgetown, in the uh, Georgetown Town Square, they have the Red Poppy Festival. There's a car show going on right now. Um, I saw uh, Tierra Newbaum was out uh, during the week. She sent me over some stuff. It's, it's just multiple uh, classic cars sitting out there. Uh, 
along the square in Georgetown. Uh, I think it's up to about three o'clock this afternoon. Yeah. So that that's pretty a little cool. windy, but a great, but a beautiful yeah, day. Yeah. Make some good photographs of them classic yeah, cars, no doubt. Pre- pretty cool little vibe happening over there. Um, I did check our our calendars as well. It looks like there's an event going on out uh, with the River City Quarter Midgets. So they are out there. Uh, what is that? Thirty five North, right past Breaker, the the iconic racetrack out there. Uh, so the kiddos going uh, getting after it out there. And again, th- th- there's your future right there. I mean, because so many of these racers that we're watching do just tremendous things right now. The more that you get to learn about them, it's like it all started in quarter midgets. I mean, they start young, and I mean, that's that's the place. That's, that's exactly the place. where they go. They go from that to go-karts. The, the super late models feels mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did want to mention, I, I was really excited last week. Perseverance, so important in, in life, just in everything. But to see Jordan Anderson and Jeb Burton pick up that win at Talladega, that's a couple of stories right there with Jeb Burton. Obviously, that that's a situation where the last name hasn't put him in places where a lot of last names put people. Well, his cousin. Right, right. The the dude can drive. The dude can drive. Um, it's been tough. There's been missed opportunities. Jordan Anderson, uh, I mean, scary. We almost lost the guy. Here they are winning at Talladega. Yeah, really coming cool back stuff. from a fire in his Craftsman Truck Series, going down to, uh, you know, come back to redeem that team. And uh, that's pretty cool. Larry Mack's son-in-law did really good. Yeah, really good stuff. A big thanks, uh, Ty Henderson, checking in as he heads over to the TCU game. Also, Mitch Kendra being a part of the program. Thank you so much. Uh, Cole, behind the glass, for taking care of all the business uh, this morning. Showtime Bobby Chaffee across the way. Rodney Rodriguez sticking around. It is Tyler Campbell coming up right here on the Horn.